ओम गुरु ब्रह्मा गुरु विष्णु गुरुदेव महेश्वर गुरुदेव पराब्रह्म तस्मय श्री गुरुवी नम ओम स्थापकाय धर्म सेवधर्मस्वरूपिणी अवतारवरिष्ठा रामकृष्णी नम Hi everyone, welcome. So today is the anniversary of our Para Param Guru's Mahasamadhi. So our they are grandfather guru. This is the day he he left the body. And so at our ashram in Allahabad today we every year at this time on this Titi day uh, during the Magh Mela uh, the ashram has a huge mandara and thousands of people get fed and all the boys of the ashram some most of which are or orphan boys young boys so you have these little 6 year old boys or huge buckets of rice almost half their own size but they're like going through the line serving so it's a very uh, very uh, festive time so we thought we'd uh, since it's this day that we thought Uh, we'd read a little bit of from the uh, writings of Swami Vishnu Devanand Saraswati, our grandfather Guru. So, um, a little background. So, Swami Vishnu Devanand Ji, uh, we call him Boro Guru Ji. So, Boro Guru Ji, he was uh, born in Calcutta, and to a very pious Brahmin family. And he was born on Makar Sakranti Day, on the 14th of January. This was in 1904. and um he lost both of his parents when he was very young and he grew up with relatives in the villages of bengal and something inside him he wanted he was asking questions and you know of course all these things happening and he wanted to find answers so at 19 years of age he left everything he announced the world and left to become a sadhu and um he traveled all throughout india and in the company of a, a tantric adept and eventually all this whole time he was searching for the meaning the meaning of life the ultimate truth and um eventually through his wanderings with this tantric they made their way in 1930 to the kumbha mela to the maha kumbha mela in allahabad in prayag and there he met his guru yogiraj handiya baba and um under his spiritual guidance Uh, he practiced vedanta natha yoga and raja yoga and was very with very fervently and um in 1934 he realized supreme truth and he would speak of it in a very matter not in like this boasting or like you know normally you know guru's i am enlightened you know but he it was for him everything for him was realization um He didn't really read the scriptures. He didn't even read Bhagavad Gita. But people would read Bhagavad Gita to him and he would compare it to his own experience. He was very simple. He was a simple, you know, he grew up in the villages. He was very simple. And he was just so for him it's like he would listen and he would say what Bhagavan Krishna is describing is certain states. Said, oh, yes, yes, I experienced that. The most people we, you know, uh we uh most people have uh their experience and they see if it tallies with scriptures and he read the scriptures and see if it tallied with his experiences so he has a he has a different perspective 
And so, um, he, but his whole life, he, he there's a great, Swami um, Bhajananda found some rare video footage just before, just on Guru Purnima, just before his Mahasamadhi. So it would have been just a, like within six months before he left the body. And he was saying, all my life, no curiosity, all my life, no pain, no misery, you know, I mean, he, not that he never had any emotions, but in that background, all his life, he lived to be, I think, what is it, I think 93 or so, and his whole life was, that realization was in his background, in everything that he did, every person he met, every action that he performed. So he always had that perspective in the background. In 1960, he began to learn English, and he learned English by reading the dictionary. So his vocabulary is far surpassing many native English speakers, because he would learn these incredible words. In a little bit, we'll read a little, uh, two of his poems. And it's like, wow. It's like, this is how he taught himself English. And so he read the dictionary cover to cover. And then in 1978, he made his first trip to America. And then he began to go uh, every year uh, in the summer months. And that is where our Guruji, uh, Guruji Bhajanananda, he met him as a boy 16. And so, again, the rest, uh, you know, we all know. So, um, so when Boro Guruji left the body, this was in 1997, and then he left the ashram to his beloved disciple Guruji Omanand who now runs uh, the ashram in Allahabad. And, um, and Guruji, Guruji Bhajananand, he writes in this, this short little um, uh, description of Swami Vishnu Devanand, he said, Guruji's saintly character, ideal life, and divine teachings continue to inspire and guide his disciples and grand disciples worldwide. Even Guruji Bhajananand, he uh, uh, he he's very uh, adept at Facebook, so I'm I don't know I don't have Facebook I don't know so much. but he's very and all he and, and he will he'll give quotes from Swami Vivekananda he he uses that as a form of satsang and preaching, and there's so many sadhus on Facebook and there's a whole community there's a whole network and you know you know um, you know sadhus and sadvis and all that who would never meet or never have any connect they're like worldwide they're connecting and so he'll sometimes post quotes from Swami Vishnu Devanand, and then he'll find, like, a, over in Boston or Connecticut, there's people, oh yes, yes, I met Swami Vishnu Devanand in 19, you know, 79, and, you know, I got Diksha from him, like, all this, so new, you know, the family keeps growing. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, in 1993, Guruji Bhajananand, he, he wanted, he asked Guruji, Boro Guruji, um, to if he could take some of his English writings and kind of compile them into a, a booklet, and, you know, kind of edit it, edit them, and kind of get his core teachings in, in, a, in a small booklet form. And so he did, and, and uh, Boro Guruji, uh, Swami Vishnu Devanand, he himself, he said, ah, a good title, Dance in Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. That was kind of his, his whole life was a dance in ecstasy. And um, so, basically, with, with no further ado, we'll just we'll read a little bit. It'll be a short uh, satsang tonight. We'll read a little bit from his his excerpts from this book, 
And then, in keeping with the spirit of the day, we've prepared uh, some kitchri and we'll serve out a, a little bandara. And I thought it would be just a little mini bandara, but it, so many devotees brought so like dal and rice and so many wonderful things. So it'll actually, be a, a, a bona fide uh, bandara in honor of Guruji. So, <clears throat> and so um, Guruji Bhajananand has um, divided them in some sections according to theme or topic. So this is called Golden Advice. And so this is Swami Vishnu Devanand talking. Desire God alone. God realization is your goal. Do not forget your goal even for a moment. You should make a promise for a disciplined life and a controlled mind. Observe carefully the rules of etiquette, purity, and manners. Behave gently and speak sweetly. Never compete with others in luxury. Take simple diet and wear simple dress. Soak your mind in the Lord's name. Mold your life with good qualities and divine motives. Do not give leniency to your mind. Keep it occupied with divine thoughts. Be mentally detached from everything except God. Love God and feel His presence everywhere. Lead a pure, positive life with an affirmative ideal. Prepare a routine and maintain regularity. Keep good company. Always obey the invaluable teachings of the Holy Scriptures. Do not forget that the sign of saintliness is humility and simplicity. Have as your motto, plain living and high thinking. Know that the problems of life can never be solved by empirical scientific knowledge. The solution lies in the domain of inner spiritual knowledge. Live in this delusive world but let not this world live in you. The subtle art of living is to act properly in accordance with time, place, and situation. Live in this changing world like a lotus in water. Imbibe all spiritual teachings coming from all sources and sing the everlasting glory of the Almighty Lord. The goal of life is God. The value of life is freedom. The secret of life is time rightly used for the elevation of the soul. The glory of life is a balance between the physical and the spiritual. The greatness of life is service. The stupidity of life is absorption and sensuality. The wisdom of life is following the paths of the great souls. The consummation of life is liberation. Liberation must be sought by finding the source within. Exert enthusiastically, carry discrimination intelligently, Cultivate virtue gladly, practice meditation intensely, and pray to the Lord fervently. Time once lost is lost forever. What you plan to do tomorrow, do today. What you want to do today, do at once. Realize the self or God quickly, and be free from mental tension, anxiety, confusion, and ignorance immediately. Dance in ecstasy in the luminous field of felicity. Know thyself, God is infinity. Search for God within your heart. If you do not find him there, then you will not find him anywhere else. God dwells in the hearts of all creatures as pure consciousness, bliss, and peace. He is you whom you seek, and he seeks all of you. It's actually a line from one of his poems. Will be, that, to me, that one sentence encapsulates all of spiritual life in all paths 
whether you're Advaita or devotion, it's, it's all in there. He is you whom you seek, and he seeks all of you. Guru and disciple. The word gu means darkness, and the word ru means light. Guru means the dispeller of darkness. A person who leads his disciples, devotees, and students from darkness to light, ignorance to self-knowledge, bondage to freedom, humanity to divinity, confusion to solution, and perplexity to hilarity, is a guru. A guru should be endowed with divine qualities, <clears throat> such as self-restraint, self-control, self-contentment, and self-confidence. He should be free from doubt, worldly desire, question, curiosity, and misery. He should also be happy and cheerful with his, with his one practical spiritual experience and wisdom. His character should agree with his teachings. The disciples, devotees, and students should have a deep faith in their guru, and they should lead disciplined lives. They should pray and practice metaphysical meditation every day, morning, as well as evening. They should maintain regularity in their daily spiritual program. They should be simple, humble, honest, and sincere. Those who do not maintain a disciplined life can never be called disciples. Spiritual disciples should have no jealousy or anger and should be free from crookedness and hatred. Spiritual aspirants should obey the teachings of the Guru and serve him sincerely. Then there is hope for success in life. Prayer. Prayer is the master key that opens the gates of divinity. God appears through heartfelt prayer and self-surrender. Prayer is the wing that lets you fly to God. Prayer is the philosopher's stone which turns humanity into divinity, poison into nectar, sinners into saints, and hell into heaven. Prayer is the panacea for pain complexity, and all human maladies. Prayer is the best treatment for our mental anxieties, agonies, frustrations, and dejections. You provide food for the perishable body, perishable body but your primary duty is to provide, provide food for the soul. Prayer is the food for the soul. As you take food every day for the body, so you should pray to God every day to attain peace of mind and a happy life. Pray to God before going to bed and after getting up. Do not miss prayer even for a day. The Holy Name of God. All divine potencies are hidden in the Lord's name. All maladies vanish by the Lord's name. The name of God is the ferry boat to reach the other shore of this world ocean. The divine name is the antidote for all our miseries, sorrows, depravity, and malignity. Famous quote from Guruji. Sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Thought is all important. Think only divine thoughts. Evil thoughts are your most dangerous enemy. Character is built by good thoughts and noble conduct. The highest thought is God. That unseen power can be called father or mother, god or goddess. Always repeat his name. Any name, Shiva, Krishna, Rama, Jesus, Mary, Kali, or Om. 
Soak your mind with the Lord's name. Merge yourself in the inner light and sound. That is the divine ground. Meditation. The way to self-knowledge is dispassion, discrimination, determination, and meditation. If you meditate sincerely and seriously, then there is sure hope for success. For beginners, a separate room, place, or seat is necessary for, medita for meditation. <coughs> Go to bed at 9 or 10 and get up at 4 or 5 a.m. Sit in half lotus, full lotus, or in a high-backed chair. Keep the body back and head straight. Breathe slowly. Sit without any movement and with eyes closed. Start your meditation sittings at half an hour. Gradually increase them to three hours. Have another sitting in the evening. Concentrate upon the image of your holy deity. Try to see forcibly the object of meditation through your mind's eye. If the, if the mind runs hither and thither, bring it back to the point of meditation again and again. If any other thought arises within your mind, do not try to drive them away. Rather, try vigorously to fix your mind on the object of meditation. All other thoughts will pass away. Practice is the only means to success. Practice makes man perfect. Do not change the method or object of meditation until success is achieved. If you do not, if you do, if you do change, you will sustain a loss of energy and lose the ground that you've developed through so many days of culture. Do not slacken your practice until you attain self-knowledge. Be sincere in your practice. You will eventually succeed. He realizes quickest, quickest whose yearning and meditation are the greatest. Favorite teachings. Favorite teachings. If you really wish to understand the world, you should understand your own self first. What is your real mind? What is consciousness? What underlies your consciousness? While you are watching television on millions of other receivers, people are enjoying the same broadcast. Only a single person is dancing and singing at the station though his image appears on numerous screens. In the sensory world, that one unseen power manifests in every name and form. Try to understand, one is many. One is many, and many in one. A self-realized soul lives in this changing, illusory world like a boat floating on water. Though immersed in the world of phenomena, he does not allow this world to enter his heart. He remains detached, like a skillful actor in a drama. When a man gets nectar, he will not drink water. When he gets a golden pot, he will not use an earthen pot. When he gets sunlight, he will not use a candle. When he gets perennial joy, immortal life, and divine wisdom, he will give up transient happiness and abandon sensory, sensory pleasures. The changing can give only changing happiness. Don't expect permanent value from impermanent sources. Guruji Bhajananan quotes this often. Very simple. It's not that seeking happiness is bad, right? It's our nature. We're seek seeking pleasure. We're seeking happiness. It's our, the nature of the soul. But it's when we seek permanent 
happiness from impermanent, finite objects. It's, you're bound to be frustrated. And that's the next line, actually. The changing can give only changing happiness. Don't expect permanent value from impermanent sources. If you do, you are bound to be frustrated. Seek the permanent source of all happiness. Take shelter in the self alone. First, you must control the body, then the mind, then the spirit will reveal itself. God dwells in the hearts of all creatures as pure consciousness, bliss, and peace. Search for God within your heart. If you do not find him there, then you will not find him anywhere else. And there's two poems that he wrote that kind of, again, bring together so many of his teachings. Admonition 1 and Admonition 2. You can see, he, he read the dictionary. That ad, admonition is like a, a stern warning or um, a good, wise counsel, but like in a very authoritative way. So, Admonition 1. O son of immortality, you are the divine dweller. You have come here as a stranger and a traveler. It is a domain of diversity, an endless dilemma. Life is perpetually puzzling in its phenomena and panorama. Here there is always attractive and repulsive illusion. You may play or struggle, but be detached from delusion. The life of sensuality is confused, deviated, and fallacious slavery. The habit of mundane greediness is temptation and bad beggary. Be free from this changing farce and absurdity of duality. Don't be blindly absorbed in this transitory sensuality. This mysterious dramatic stage is not your final goal. Play dispassionately and finish your ordained role. Go to the background of plurality, quality, and quantity. Know that unity, self-identity, and inconceivable divinity. There is neither darkness or light nor nothingness but plenum, superconsciousness, and full awareness. It is not a mental conception, imagination, or hallucination, but super-sensuous perception and self-realization. It is the culmination of culture and the consummation of wisdom. It is the life of emancipation and the divine freedom. Then, Admonition 2, the sequel. O dearest soul, rise from animality, cross the realm of humanity, taste the immortality, and realize the eternal divinity. Refrain from ignorant sensuality, know your self-identity, dance in ecstasy in the innermost field of felicity. Go beyond the changing pleasure and pain, timidity and knavery. Control the stubborn mind and be free from empirical slavery. Through the inner sense, enjoy the innermost light and sound. Transcend this profane world, recognize the provident profound. Internal existence is the embodiment of peace, bliss, and wisdom. External perception is hallucination, delusion, and bad boredom. The external force, the external force is the field of mysterious phantasmagoria. It is a tantalizing puzzle spreading like infectious bacteria. 
How wonderful is the perennial peace of celestial scenery. It is the fruit of yogic meditation and spiritual discovery. Be heedful and free from the life of corruption and pollution. Realize the self and attain everlasting joy of blissful liberation. Go beyond good and evil mind and speech and the sensual bound. Dive deep into the river of rapture. Reach the divine ground. If you be desireless in the nothingness you may find, the ubiquitous, all-knowing, the super-conscious mind. The self knows no anger, hate, nor enmity. Self remains unchanged from infancy to maturity. He is beyond space and time. He has no form or hue. He is you whom you seek, and he seeks all of you. He is the creator, destroyer, and inner ruler. He is the all-sustainer and cosmic controller. And then, the end, Guruji's blessings. That's how the, bo the booklet ends. May the compassionate Lord shower His grace upon you. May you be endowed with divine enthusiasm, discipline, and self-control. May you attain the best taste, highest happiness, and transcendental crest. May you cross the ignorant mentality and drink the nectar of divinity. May you taste immortality and dance in the transcendent field of felicity. So that gives you a taste of um, Boro Guruji's uh, wisdom and life and his style also. So again, as we promised, uh, we'll be a short satsang. And so we'll now have a little bit of kitri and rice and all and good, and good prasad. Jai Ma, Jai Ma. Thank you for your kind attention. <laughs>